It's your host, Katie, and this is Tea on the Rocks. Happy Tuesday, or whatever day you find yourself with my voice and your ears. If you're new here, we love to see it. We discuss the feminine, the basic, and everything in between. How is everybody doing? We are well into Mercury in retrograde, PSA. It does end on October the 18th. And then we go into kind of a shadow period where you will probably still feel some effects, but we should be out of the woods in a couple weeks. (laughs) Today has been a day, that's for sure. I got some pretty heavy editing done on a piece that I submitted, which is never really a good feeling. There has been new restrictions put in place in New Brunswick. They are temporary and necessary, but really disappointing as we come into the Thanksgiving weekend. So that kind of sucks. Suffice it to say, my wine pour tonight has uh, not only existed, because I don't normally drink on (laughs) weeknights, but it was a little heavier. So yeah, it's it's been tough going, especially, you know, we had the outage yesterday with Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram, and it's just been a lot. I'm trying to think of more difficulties that I have faced, but honestly, it's just been the little things for me personally, knock on wood, you know, technology being slow, I am on the market for a new iMac. My iMac that I have now is, it's a 2015. And you know, I have a 2015 MacBook Air and they are actually both secondhand. I have no shame. Like if a computer is well taken care of and it's a, an Apple computer, I'm happy to buy it secondhand. But there is always risk with that. So with my iMac, Lately, it's always been a little bit moody, but it it works fine. I'm able to do my work on it. Lately, it's just been doing the beach ball a lot more, and I don't even think it's worth my time taking it in to be looked at. But obviously, um, an iMac is not a light purchase. I think, you know, at minimum, taxes in, brand new, you're going to spend like $1,500. And that's not even the new multicolored models they've come out with, which I don't really love the look of. Let's do some chit chat segments before we get into today's topic, which I am incredibly remiss for not even mentioning it, mentioning it, and we are already three minutes in. We are discussing friendship breakups and not just friendship breakups, but specifically ghosting and more or less how friendship breakups feel a lot like regular breakups. I was actually saying to my mom on the phone today that, you know, if you rate your pain out of zero to a hundred and you have a breakup, let's say that's a hundred, a friendship breakup, especially with someone that you're close friends with is like a 98. So before we get into all that, of course, let's do our little chit chat. What am I wearing? Well, you know, there's not much to see here. I am wearing my summer sweatpant. What show am I watching? Right now, to be frank with you guys, I am just re-watching Downton Abbey. I just got to Sybil's death. 
Also, don't be mad if I spoiled it for you. That show came out 10 years ago. It's just, I, I'm really busy lately. And of course, as we know, I just, you know, like to watch things that I've already watched. <laughs> and I love Downton Abbey. It, for me, it's kind of one of my fall comfort shows. I just finished the LuLaRoe documentary that I had discussed on a previous episode. And that was really interesting. I found that... You know, you have the duality of the ex-retailers discussing their traumatic experiences, but you also, of course, have the president and her husband. I honestly feel the documentary producers did not even have to do that much editing to make them look like the twats that they are. Let's see here. What's the next question? Things I just bought. Well, I just bought a bottle of wine. Let me put you on this. It's the Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio. I think it's an Argentinian wine. Here in New Brunswick, it's about $22, but it's worth it. It's good wine. Doesn't give you that kind of gross, like weird jaw feeling that some wines do. I think that's from the sulfates or maybe that's just me. Plans for the weekend. Well, our new restrictions go into place Friday at 6 p.m., at least in the zone that I'm in. I think they last about two weeks, but of course they encompass the Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. I was going to go to my partner's house or my partner's family's house on Saturday. And that was when we were gonna pick up our new kitten. I do believe the kitten collection is still going to happen just with proper safety measures, masking, and just sort of like a quick pickup instead of a visit. And then Sunday, I was supposed to go to my mother's house and then perhaps to a friend's to meet her parents and just kind of, you know, sit around a bottle of wine. Um, and then Monday was just going to be just a regular day that I was off, an extra day. Now it looks like it's going to be just myself and my partner having Thanksgiving, picking up the kitten and just kind of noodling around the house. I mean, to be honest, you can still go out to a restaurant, provided that you're double vaccinated, which of course my partner and I are. It's just the fact that it comes on a holiday weekend, it is unfortunate. And if my partner and I wanted, we can still go out to a restaurant, but we just couldn't go to our family's home. And I both agree and feel stifled by it. I agree that these measures are in place to keep us safe, but uh, by golly, <laughs> does it suck? You know, it's nice to spend time with your family and enjoy a holiday. And it does feel frustrating when you can go into a restaurant amongst other people that you don't know versus going to your parents' home where you can more reliably feel comfortable with how they're handling their safety precautions. And I know that it goes deeper than that, but that's just how it feels. Let's get into the episode. And this is one that I've been kind of cooking up for a while. This is one I feel excited about talking about because this is coming from a place of raw honesty. This is referencing not only my thoughts about friendship breakups and ghosting and the end of these big eras in our lives, but it, I'm referencing my own experiences too. Like this is going to be very like, 
I have had friendship breakups. They have been within the last five years and they have kind of sucked. I don't pretend to be perfect. I'm only human. I have made mistakes and I have hurt people. But I think that the experiences that I'm going to discuss in this episode really have truly helped to shape me into a better person, a better friend, and a better partner. I think they've made me more self-confident. This is for the outliers too. I find a lot of podcast episodes on friendship breakups focus on the individual who initiated the breaking up, so to speak, and how it centers around their experiences and how they feel having to to break up with a friend who who things might have just gone sour with or just wasn't working out. And this is valid. This is totally valid. But I knew on the onset of, you know, doing the outline script for this episode that I wanted to focus more on those who have actually been broken up with, including myself. Because I think that's that's kind of an underserved market, if you will. And when I listen to podcast episodes like this, I always kind of wanted to hear the other side of it and how you and how people felt with being the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted to hear how it felt and some advice and guidance or even just hearing someone with that similar experience of being the problem, as I say. The fact is, even if there's not a lot of discussion about the other side, if you're listening, you're not alone. I want you to know you're not alone. Either side, either side, whether you're the instigator or the instigatee, if you will. <laughs> Friendship breakups are a fact of life. They're normal. And I think there's a reason for everything. I, I really do. I think that from the, from the small little things that you do on the day-to-day to the larger events in your life, I think they all have a ripple effect. And I think that perspective is the biggest teacher. Time really is the best medicine. Uh, and laughter. Laughter is the best medicine too. But uh, time is the second best. <laughs> I think that, you know, the, the universe, God, spirit, whatever higher power you choose to believe in, I think that whatever this is, does put people in our lives for a short time or a long time. And I think there's always a lesson or something that we can take away from these experiences, whether it's how to work on ourselves, how we relate to the people around us, or to teach us what personality traits don't serve us in friendships. And that goes both ways. It, it can teach us what personality traits that we have, that don't work in friendships, that aren't um, compatible with a good friendship, and learning to identify the personality traits that other individuals, are our friends, don't serve us in friendships. I think friendships are really interesting, especially female friendships. You know, there's a, there's a platonic kind of intimacy that comes with female friendships. And females, oh, ooh. <laughs> I don't like saying females in reference to women. I think that's, um, if, if you do that, I encourage you to just like look inside yourself <laughs> and ask why you do that. But women are generally 
engineered or wired or what have you, I think, to be just a little more in touch with our emotions. And so when we forge friendships that mean something to us with other women, these can be very intense relationships. These can be the most significant friendships of our lives. These are your maids of honor. These are your bridesmaids. These are your your children's godparents if you do that. These are the people that are with you in your walk of life. And there's another side to that. There's an underbelly to that. Because not only are these people the the major players in your day-to-day, but these people are your peers. And in some kind of way, they're your competitors too. Now, I don't necessarily mean competitive in the sense that they want what you have or in a career or workplace sense, but if you or they have self-esteem issues, it's easy to play the comparison game and easy to compare yourself to people in your close circle how things are going in their lives. You know, your best friend just got engaged, your best friend just had a baby, your best friend just got married, your best friend just got a promotion. So you you take these experiences and you cross-reference their experience with yours to your own situation. And I'd like to sit here and say, oh, that's a bad thing to do. You shouldn't compare. It's bad to compare. Yes, yes, it is bad to compare, but it's easier said than done. I think that we are only human. It's natural to, as I say, cross-reference somebody's experience with your own. That's what our brains do. We look for similarities. We look for confirmation bias. So if you do find yourself in a rut like that, you know, I encourage you to try and adjust if you can. Maybe talk to a therapist or talk to your partner or just another trusted individual that, that doesn't have interest in the situation and see how you can distance yourself from feeling like that. Because by God, it's true. You know, if you if you drink poison, the other person is not going to suffer. It's going to be you. So I want to kind of segue into my own experiences. And maybe you can, as I like to say, cross-reference these experiences with your own life and, and maybe see if you can find some similarities. So I myself have gone through about two or three, I'd say, significant friend breakups. And my and a lot of my other friendships have gone through transitions or periods of not speaking or just little like undercurrents of tension. I want to preface this by saying that almost all of these friend breakups were initiated by the other person. It was either by ghosting or just a large airing of grievances on both ends that resulted in both parties, myself and the other people, jumping ship, deciding that we didn't want to be friends anymore, that it wasn't worth it. To those who are in the same situation currently or have been before, I say again, you are not alone. When it comes to these experiences, I, of course, I'm not going to name any names, but in case anybody is concerned, these people are not in my life anymore and I have not spoken to either of them in years. And let's kind of back up a little bit why do friend breakups happen? I think that is such a broad question. I think that friendship endings can be a result of where you are in life compared to your circle of friends or personal specific issues. And honestly, sometimes friendships run their course. Basically, it's either they've run their course, they've kind of fulfilled their purpose in your life, or you fulfilled your purpose in theirs. 
or something specific happens and it's either going to be resolved or it's not. Let's talk about the first individual. We had a lot of unspoken tension on either side to kind of set the stage a little. I had a boyfriend they didn't approve of. My life was honestly kind of messy at the time. I was like 23 or 24 and I, you know, as the early 20s can be, like you either got it together or you don't. I feel like the early 20s is such a period of transition and growth. I really only kind of solidified, I think, who I even was as a person within the last like four years. And I'm turning 31 in a couple of months. I definitely had a history of choosing unsuitable men. And, you know, we can get into that in another episode as to the whys and the hows and the whos and the where. Well, maybe not the whos, but... I think that this pattern I had of choosing really emotionally unavailable men was significant for this person. And I mean, it's exhausting. If you yourself go through a lot of these tumultuous, toxic relationships, or you're on the other end and and you witness your friends going through these tumultuous, toxic relationships, It's exhausting. It's exhausting for all parties. It's exhausting for the people in the relationship and those surrounding it. This friend of mine really, like, with a passion, disliked this ex-boyfriend. There were some other issues, too. I think they didn't appreciate how flaky I could be, and I think, honestly, a lot of the flakiness was due to my just figuring myself out. This boyfriend was, like, my top priority. And I did not like how confrontational and difficult that they could be. You know, boyfriend or not, I honestly did feel like I needed to be a version of myself around them in order to please them. And this manifested itself in many different ways. And suffice it to say, there was honestly, by the end of things, just a lot of tension on both sides. If I feel like I have to adjust my behavior in such an intense way to even have a pleasant time hanging out with you, and you feel that I'm such a flake that we barely hang out to begin with, it's honestly, it's just not a good recipe. (laughs) For me, my mistake was not speaking up about how I felt and instead talking to others about how I felt. And you might also refer to this as being gossipy or two-faced or just a downright coward, honestly. Like, I don't blame this individual for wanting me out of their lives. And I think that we're both happier. I just, I really do feel that we were not compatible as friends. There were some pretty significant fights that happened a few months within each other. And then one happened where they discovered something that I had posted on reddit about them and it wasn't even a post it was just like a comment and it was buried deep in this kind of ask reddit thread just kind of venting about how i felt about this person and how they made me feel and they found it somehow you know (laughs) careful what you post on the internet because someone will find it this is a good lesson for mercury retrograde please be careful what you're posting on the internet It, it especially in these sort of periods of fraught astrological weather it can come back to haunt you after they discovered this they rightfully decided to end the friendship if this person is listening you know we've all moved on we've all got on with our lives and we're all happy you know i hear through the grapevine that they're doing well and i'm happy for them genuinely if you're listening 
I am sorry for my part. You know who you are. I hope that you know that I do look back on our friendship with fondness, that I hope you're well, and I just hope you're enjoying life to the fullest. You know, this was a lesson to me because I see this flakiness and and two-facedness, if you will, as a recurring theme for myself. I actively work on this in therapy, independently, uh, journaling, just and, and generally just being mindful, if you will, <laughs> of my behaviors and, and when I'm in situations or around people that make me feel uncomfortable and thusly I want to go bitch about it to somebody else. So I often am a flake. And do have a tendency to be self-absorbed. And I also have a tendency to not really think about why certain attributes or situations trigger me. Especially when it comes to my ex-friendships. And I think that in both ex-friendships and in people I dislike in my current life, there are situations or scenarios that triggered me because they reminded me of an underdeveloped or shadow side of myself that needed attention you know they always say that attributes that you don't like in other people or that you find to be the most upsetting are reflections of yourself in some way while i would not have consciously chosen to sacrifice friendships to come to these conclusions i'm still glad i did i think that reflecting on these things makes me a better friend and an overall happier person and a more authentic person There's another significant friend breakup. Really, in this case, there was a couple of different factors in play. One being the friendship had run its course. They did ghost me without explanation, and it honestly messed with my head for a long time. In this particular case, while the friendship had run its course, this wasn't something that I was really aware of. There was no blowout, there was no defining moment that was bad, and things seemed genuinely fine, to be honest. Like, to be quite frank with you, I'm not just fooling myself. We had spent time together recently. You know, this is my perspective. Again, men issues. I had just gone through a divorce, and I had baggage that really needed addressing. I feel that this period of my life had something to do with their abrupt departure from it. I honestly don't feel as at peace about this one though. I do work on it. I did have a moment of anger and I sent them a sad and kind of angry message to them about two years ago that I regret. And, you know, I think that you try your best to be at peace with these things and you try your best to move on. And I think that overall I have been successful. I just, I don't feel as kumbaya about it, I guess. While I have moved on, I do still feel somewhat negatively about this interaction. And honestly, negatively about myself. I was going through a messy situation and obviously let this friendship fall by the wayside. And I don't, again, like as with the other person, I don't really blame them for wanting to move on and and not really be in my life anymore. Let's segue into ghosting. When it comes to ghosting, I think that we all have our reasons. I think that each person decides what they can and cannot take anymore. If this second failed friendship truly felt that this is what they needed to do, 
I can only look back with sadness and regret that they felt that way and just try to move forward with their decision and accept their decision. If someone doesn't want you in their life, you're better off without that person. Whether or not it's it's their fault or your fault, if someone doesn't want to be in your life, you are better off finding people who want to be in your life and reflecting with yourself kindly as to maybe some reasons why they didn't want to be in your life and correct them if you can. And when it comes to this, when it comes to someone not wanting you in your life, they'll show you. Even if it comes as a surprise to you, maybe it's not a surprise to them. Now, I don't really agree with ghosting per se. It depends on the situation. I myself have never ghosted anyone romantically or uh, friendship. And I think ghosting should really only be reserved for situations where people feel they are in danger. That's the key here. If you feel that you're in danger from someone, absolutely light it up. You don't need to be friends with them anymore. You don't need to contact them. You know, take your stuff and go, basically. Alternatively, I don't think anybody owes you an explanation. I don't think either one of these individuals that I reference really owe me an explanation. They don't owe me anything, honestly. We don't owe people our emotions. We don't owe people our thoughts. But with that being said, I think that if you have a friendship worth sustaining, you won't ghost them. You can try to repair things if they're not working, or you can audibly say, this isn't working for me, you know, sorry, have a good life. I think that it really just depends on the friendship. If you've been friends for someone or with someone for 15 years, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe have a chat with them, you know, have a phone call. But if you're truly done, then you're done. You know, say so and move on with your life. This is, again, just my opinion. And to this second individual that I'm no longer friends with, I hope you found peace. I know that you were going through some stuff, but I really hope you found peace. I hope what you found I hope you found what you were looking for, and I, I do hope you are happy. Switching gears a little, let's discuss friend breakups versus a slow fade. I see friend breakups as a cl- mostly, if you're not ghosting someone, as a clear and defined, I do not want you in my life anymore, rather than just a fade. Fade for me is not indicative of bad blood or anything significant happening. You know, this is just life. You still would positively regard this person, but not seek them out as much. Maybe you're on different paths or different ages, which may have not seemed so stark when you were close. But looking back, maybe you realize that the distance or the fade out was inevitable, just based on your your paths in life. As I say, I think that sometimes friendships do go these periods of, you know, ebb and flow, peaks and valleys. I have many friends who I might not speak to every day, and I don't necessarily think this is a negative thing. We go for a few months without talking, but then suddenly the energy changes and we go through periods of talking a few times a week and and just generally being closer. It depends on where you are at in your life. I think that's a nice thing. It does show me that we can go through periods of distance, but not think anything of it. I don't necessarily think, though, that this works for every friendship. Each friendship is different, and different people require different things in their close friends, which is absolutely valid. I have some friends that 
if we drifted apart for a few months, it would absolutely not be the same and it's all love when we get together. You know, you see these little text posts on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. This is valid. It can absolutely be the same and all love and, uh, you know, a mutual understanding of, of where you're at in your life. But I don't think that you can assign what works for one friendship to all of your friendships. These people have needs just like you. And they consider you their friend just like you consider them yours. And, you know, you might feel like things will, again, of course, be the same and all love after a period of distance, but they might not. And they might have different thoughts and feelings about that. And they might say this doesn't work for me. You know, maybe we should take a break or just, you know, respectfully kind of end our friendship. I think that we should all periodically examine our friendships and maybe make a little mental note of what you give to each friendship, what you get from each friendship, and maybe compare the differences. You know, your friendship with Sally is going to be different from your friendship with Tiffany. Maybe you can have little check-ins with each other and have a discussion. You know, obviously you don't need to like schedule in a meeting to talk about your friendship, but if it comes organic, it comes up organically in conversation, discuss where you're at, discuss what's going on in their life and how you can help and if, if you can be more present or, or less present. You know, we talk a lot about having discussions in our romantic relationships about of where we're at, sort of like a state of the union, if you will. But I think that goes for our friendships too. I think it's important to check in with these people because they are maybe not as significant as your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, but they're still big players in your in your life. And I think it would help if there is tension or if there isn't to just evaluate where you're at. That brings me to the end of the episode. Thank you for joining me. I hope you have a wonderful week and thanks for listening to Tea on the Rocks. Mm-hmm.